0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Have you ever changed your mind by someone you disagreed with? Let's say you are a staunch Republican. We live in DePage County, so that should be pretty easy to find someone like that. Let's say you are a staunch Republican and your mind was changed by a Democrat. I suppose it doesn't matter which issue, but the point is, is that You change your mind over against your party affiliation. And if you do that, it's going to take a lot of questioning, a lot of doubts, a lot of wrestling. And if you actually live with this change, well, that's going to take a lot more guts too because you're going to face a lot of ridicule. Your faithful Republican friends will think you are out of your mind. Call you traitor, and worst of all, they'll label you a Democrat. If you ever had that experience, then you're close to Jesus this morning. See, thus far in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has confronted those around him with something new. Specifically, that God is now at work in him. The temple is passing away, and he will be the place where the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation reside, and that there is no other life except for in following him. So this has left many who have come into his presence who were set in their beliefs to wonder if they need to change. Now, some of these people will reject him completely, and in the Gospel, Mark, that's, that's the Pharisees. Then some people will try to make Jesus like them. And there's a couple instances where, uh, like for instance, a rich young ruler tries to understand Jesus like himself. And then some will just find a, a compromise, and that's Pilate. And then lastly, though, there will be some people who actually receive Jesus as he is, even though they're not quite sure what in the world he's doing. And that's the father in Mark chapter 9, who says, I believe, help my unbelief. See, what we see today is that It's not just the other side that's challenged by Jesus, who wrestles with Jesus, but it's actually those who are closest to him, his family. See, Jesus' challenge isn't only for those who oppose him, but even for those who think they know him. See, if it was just for those who oppose him, then it would be easy for us who think that we're in close relationship to Jesus, to simply say, well, I'm not like the Pharisees. I don't oppose Jesus, so I'm okay. But Jesus challenges even those who are close to him today. Indeed, when we encounter somebody who is different from us, it could be the Republican, Democrat, it could be old school Lutheran, new Lutheran, it could be Cubs, White Sox, or even worse, Bears and Packers. When we encounter somebody who's different than us, sometimes our first reaction is simply to see them as strange. Their beliefs, their practices, they're just not right. So when we encounter them, we either want to make them like us, to make everybody a Packer fan, or we just want to get rid of them completely, or we try to find some kind of compromise and we try to find the places where we all agree. But in each of these encounters, what we're doing is we're trying to minimize it. We're actually trying to domesticate the other person. See, in the first place, when I'm right and they're wrong, they really just need to be like me. And then the second place is, I'm right, they're wrong, get them out of here. And then the the third instance is, hey, we're all okay. Everyone's going to be just fine. But in the genuine encounter, where we don't actually try to control the situation and domesticate the other person, but rather receive that person as he or she is. And then actually try to see ourselves through their eyes, that's where things just might change for us, sometimes radically change. See, instead of seeing their beliefs as strange, if we try to love them as ourselves, we actually might see ourselves as strange. Strange. And at that moment, what you believe, what your allegiance are, they just might fall apart. They might fracture. And if you're at that point, or have ever been in that point, then you are in the place where the family and the scribes are this morning in the gospel. See, in both circumstances, the, fri- the, the family and the scribes, in spite of being fractured and falling apart, what they don't realize is that that is the very moment where change according to Jesus actually happens. See, when we experience doubt or we wrestle with our faith, that's not where we lose God. But it's actually the place where we stand side by side with Jesus. Jesus. Most specifically, we stand side by side with Jesus when he is in the Garden of Gethsemane and when he's hanging on the cross. Because, if you remember, that's where Jesus doubts, wrestles, and even questions with what God's will is in his life. You see, faith in Jesus as the Son of God And what all that means doesn't exclude any kind of sincere inquiry, but actually includes it. Even those questions that might raise doubts, that might cause you to wrestle about our Lord. See, Jesus' family calls him crazy this morning. Out of his mind, and that's exactly what it means. I don't know if you've ever said that to anybody, but that is what's happening this morning. His family thinks Jesus is crazy. Because they are wrestling with what it means to be in relationship to Jesus. They who thought were on the inside now find themselves on the outside, literally, outside of the house. And now they are challenged to see their family status, not in their own terms, but in the terms of what Jesus is laying out in the gospel reading, according to following him or following God's will. Any doubts or any questions that they might have, though, the best place to do any doubting and any questioning is at the feet of Jesus. The resurrected Jesus specifically. And that is where the family is right now. Except for that they ask Jesus to come out when they are needed to come in. They are like they are to be like those who are already sitting at the feet of Jesus at the end of the gospel. So for us to enter into a relationship like the one Jesus describes at the end of the gospel reading, the one that's based on following God's will, following Jesus, we might actually have to change how we see our relationship with him. No matter if we've been a lifelong Lutheran or were baptized last week. We might have to change... we see our relationship with him and actually receive Jesus in his fullness rather than trying to domesticate him. We might have to give up our notion of what life or the Christian life is and wrestle with what he is actually asking you to do and what he is doing with your life right now. And when we wrestle with that, You might call him out of his mind. You might call, Jesus, you are crazy. But the great thing is he's not going to be offended with that. But he'll also still ask you to come to church every weekend. He might call you crazy. You might call him crazy. Again, he won't be offended. But he still is going to ask you to give 10% to the mission of the church. You might call him out of his mind. But again, he's not going to be offended. But he's still going to ask you to forgive the one who sinned against you. See, Jesus is like a paramedic who continues to help even when you shout curses at him, slap his hand away. Like a good paramedic, he won't be offended by that. But he's going to ask you to stop. Like he asked the scribes to stop this morning. he's going to ask you to change. Like his family. Because you can't escape on your own. Jesus is the one who's going to lead you out. And that's the challenge Jesus has for you in saving you. And no matter what you do, He isn't going to retreat from helping because Jesus knows exactly what's going on and he isn't going to waver. So your sincere questions, your sincere doubting and wrestling won't stop him from going back to that fundamental point that there is no life but the life that follows Jesus. He's not going to give up that point because he's been through death and the grave and he's come back and he sees all of our lives now through the resurrection in the holy name of jesus amen, amen.